0: Hello, everybody. Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. I know that. I'm still working my way back. Uh, through a process of healing obviously uh, as well as evaluating and assessing how things are going to be done moving forward Uh, there was a lot on my plate uh, before those series of heart attacks and that means there's a lot still to be dealt with and done there's a lot to be managed uh, and we're doing it all Uh, while being uh, under a stay-at-home order, so to speak. Uh, So tight quarters, everybody's home, a lot going on, a lot to be aware of and accountable for. And I'm not upset about it. Uh, It's a time for me to be uh, acquainted, uh, become reacquainted with myself, first of all, a time to get close with Uh, the most high, uh, the creator of the universe, God, um, a time to really and truly appreciate the responsibilities of being a husband and father. Uh, So I'm not complaining about this downtime. Obviously, it does create some challenges, and I will be, over the next several weeks, sharing a lot of resources uh, that may be conducive to not only surviving uh, this uh, volatile time economically, socially, politically, but also thriving in it. Uh, Adversity is not ever meant to destroy. Adversity is where character is developed. Adversity is where strength is developed. Adversity is where you are grown. Uh, and, and, And without adversity, growth doesn't take place so you have to learn how to view some of these things in the proper perspective. But uh, it's definitely going to pick up. Uh, I've been sharing some stuff, but it definitely hasn't been the normal live streams that I do in the morning. Uh, those are coming back. I had planned to get them back this week. Um, but again, you know, trying to pace myself. Uh, for the healing process, as well as determine uh, how things will be prioritized, because there are some things that I'm simply going to have to outsource. Uh, There are some things that I won't be able to do. And so it's going to be important for me to manage uh, what I do. Okay. uh, You're going to, in the description box, you're going to see, um, a number of resources and some links, check it out, read it. If anything you're interested in, just click on it. I'm not going to get into all of that this morning. We are definitely still doing 30 day challenges and we are also doing a 90 day health challenge. Um, Something that I'm definitely doing for myself, working on creating a more healthy environment, healthy habits, healthy behaviors. Um, And I'm inviting, inviting you along for the ride. Um, but I want to talk to you this morning about the importance of developing unconditional self-worth um, that's something that is a major issue especially with the restrictions on movement and work in the uh, public sector uh, and private sector uh, because of the coronavirus. Uh, One thing that has risen in reports are a rise in domestic abuse, a rise in suicide rates, a rise in childhood sexual abuse and domestic violence. Um, And one of the components and elements that allow For people to remain in these situations is the lack of an understanding or developing of unconditional self-worth. And when you talk about this, one of the primary elements and components that are uh, like sort of like a cyclical force is the fact that people who don't develop proper um, are unconditional self-worth tend to struggle more heavily with depression and when you look at the number one cause of health problems physical physiological and mental health problems uh depression is there depression is linked to a lot of the things that we uh will often contribute solely to nutritional Uh, Deficiencies or poor nutritional habits, but depression plays a role in that. I don't want to get too much into that. I just want to simply talk about uh, the importance of developing self worth. As a young male growing up, I was reared by my great grandparents. And I'm telling this story not to throw anyone under a bus or to put anybody into a negative light, but to give you a sense of the importance of developing unconditional self worth. Um, I was at an early age taken uh, from my mother, uh, nine months old, and my great grandparents, her grandparents began to rear me at two years old. They adopted me legally and became my parents. Um, And thank God for that. I believe for that reason, I am alive. I was extremely sick when they got me. I was in the emergency room almost on a nightly basis because of malnutrition and a couple of other things. Again, this is not about throwing anyone under the bus. Everybody has times that they struggle with things and um, it is what it is. And though my mother was not in a position to be everything that she needed to be to me, she was there. My greatest problem wasn't with my mother, because my great grandmother. um, My grandmother um, filled in and just did some crazy things. The biggest problem I had was the absence of my father, my biological father. Uh, My mother knew his, my great grandmother knew his mother. Uh, So there were all these times that I would meet and see her and it was supposed to be a time to see him. And I never did. Uh, My father died when I was 14 and I went to his wake in his funeral. And that was the first time I had ever seen him. Um, And that day that they lowered that casket into the ground, they lowered every vision, every dream, every hope, every aspiration of developing a relationship with my father into that ground with him. Uh, And I was left with a lot of feelings of frustration and anger and uh, a sense of not being worthy of his attention because he had other kids and he was in their lives. And at the age of 14, I was wrestling with this. I had went through it. And, you know, and, and this, I mean, it's important to understand this for a number of different reasons, that there's this belief that you can put a good man in the home and it, it obliterates or alleviates the fact that the biological father is absent. It's necessary to have that masculine energy, someone who loves the kids, someone who covers the kids, someone who pours into the kids, gives them a sense of identity. But you're still going to have to deal with the fact that the person who should be doing it isn't doing it. And that's something that wasn't being done. It wasn't being addressed. And so that was this sense of worthlessness, you know. Now, I didn't have a self-esteem problem. it's important that you understand that there's a difference between self-esteem and uh, self-worth. Self-esteem is based off of how you see yourself, what you're capable of doing, your accomplishments. Are you good at sports? Are you good uh, academically? Are you intellectually gifted? Uh, Do you have a way of attracting the opposite sex? All of these things will lead to your level of self-esteem. But having self-esteem doesn't necessarily mean you have self-worth. you got a bunch of people who walk proudly, but don't see their space. Self-worth is this. If I could define self-worth, I would probably define it as the capacity and knowledge of the fact that you belong, that you have a right to occupy the space that you're taking up in this world, that you literally have a reason for being here, that you have value that justifies why you're here, what you're taking up and what you expect from others there is a need to understand the difference. You can accomplish a bunch bunch of things and still not see your value to the world. That's how you get these unbelievable people accepting all of these things that they accept in life, is that they haven't yet developed an understanding that they belong. They have not yet developed an understanding that they deserve to be in the best possible situation, that they have a right to occupy the space and, and, and not only expect but demand those who are going to be in their space to treat them a certain way, to have these boundaries that cannot be violated or overrun. And that's the developing. And so what happened is I grew up from the age of 14. I have all these different things that I was able to do uh, in, in a number of different areas in life. You know, I've left a pretty long list of things. And I was literally in my 30s before I realized that while my self esteem seemed to be in attack, uh, intact, that my self worth was struggling. And the reason being solely was by that time I had rectified and, and reconciled the type of relationship that my mother and I were going to have. And we were good. Uh, me and my mom have never exchanged words. Um, you know, uh, she had me when she was 15. Uh, I'm 52 now, and we've never had words. We have some things that, you know, obviously have worked, uh, to drive wedges, but we have never exchanged words. I give her the respect that I was taught to by my great grandparents. Um, but with my dad, he was gone and I found out that. A lot of the things that I was striving to do, the things that I was doing uh, to uh, establish myself as successful, was me literally attempting to prove to a man who was no longer alive that I was worthy of his time, of his attention, of his love. And that had this massive impact, and I had to stop. And I had to realize that my value and my worth is far beyond the attention of one person. Yes, it's great to have your father recognize, acknowledge you, but you at first have to learn how to acknowledge yourself. And so I had to start to develop self-worth. And I'm going to tell you four steps that I took to develop unconditional self-worth where I understood the value that I had in this world that I bring to the table. And it's not going to be necessarily what you think, but it's going to be important because we have far too many people out there that are trying to find their places. And I tell people all the time, saying, I know my worth does not mean that you know your value and your worth. Sitting up and talking about what you have and what you do, does your things do do not contribute to your worth. Your accomplishments, your positions, your titles, your credentials do not contribute to your self-worth. They may contribute to yourself. Self-esteem, But self-esteem is something you bolster and you move in. It's highly volatile. It depends on this. If you go through a divorce, your self-esteem will will suffer. If you have a situation where you get fired, your self-esteem will suffer. Your self-esteem is not this solid positioned, anchored thing. It moves along with your accomplishments and how the world sees you and how you think the world sees you. It's more than aligned with your self-image. What your self worth is an understanding of your position and what, what value you bring to the world and your right to be here. And you've got to understand the difference between the two. And so the first thing that I had to do Uh, when developing self-worth was to forgive myself. Uh, I had to forgive myself, first of all, for the guilt I felt because I never had a relationship with my father. I had to uh, acknowledge and remind myself that it wasn't my fault, that I didn't balk on it, that I didn't walk away from it, that I didn't hide from it. It wasn't my fault. I had to. I had to accept that. I had to acknowledge it and I had to accept it. I had to forgive myself. I had to give myself the space. Then I had to turn around and forgive myself for some of the mistakes that I had made. I had to acknowledge it. I had to sit up and evaluate. What can I take away from it? What can I learn from it? How can I be better at it? And I had to understand that perfectionism would always attack my self-worth. What am I saying? See, when you, when you get into a way where you're trying to earn somebody's approval, external validation, you're trying to earn their approbation, you tend to take on this, this state or stage where you, you, you're practicing perfectionism. If I get everything right, if I get all A's, if I make the honor roll, if I make the first, if I make the varsity team, if I, if I do this, if I do that, then, uh, He'll see me. He'll recognize me. He'll he he he'll 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 want to and 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 you so so now you're trying to pursue perfectionism. And the problem is perfectionism in and of itself is an endless pursuit because you never truly achieve it. Because once you reach the bar that you raise, you have to raise the bar again because you realize that you still haven't achieved the completion. And that's what perfection is. It is the completion of the uh, of the realization and the actualization of one's um, potential. And so you study pursuing it. So you never ever really truly feel worthy because you keep seeing there's more to learn. And so you feel insufficient and insignificant. You got to be careful with the perfectionism because it can, it can put you in an identity crisis. It can give you issues with self concepts of image. You got to be wanting to be the best you be and demanding growth in yourself. But you got to see right now, today, as I am, I have value. I have value today and you have to have that acceptance. The next thing you have to do is you got to be willing to practice acceptance, self acceptance. See, so often we look outside of ourselves. So often we are looking for that external, uh, a confirmation or a validation of who we are and that we belong. We're waiting on someone else to tell us that we're important. We're waiting on someone else to tell us that we're valuable. We're waiting on someone else to tell us that we belong. The truth is that you have to see in yourself, in your design, in your purpose that you belong. See, you're not just here to exist. You're not just here to survive. You're not just here to be another person that gets through. You're not here to live life on default. You're here to represent the purpose and uh, of your creator and to actually come in to accomplish something that you were designed to accomplish. The very fact that you were designed with a specificity in mind to accomplish a specific goal and purpose says that you have value because there's only one person that can do what you were designed to do. There's only one person that can literally accomplish what you were placed on this planet to do. So many people leave this place having taken to the grave their purpose without actualizing their potential and living out their purpose and that's where your value lies not in somebody telling you that you're special not in somebody telling you that you're great not in somebody telling you that you're exceptional extraordinary and phenomenal but that you seeing it inside of yourself and seeing that the world will be a better place because you're living your life at the level of your design you've got to accept yourself you accept yourself with all your quirks and your unique little nuances and 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 some of the things that others may consider to be insufficiencies and and inadequacies and all of these things you've got to learn how to love yourself as you are, because you are unique and you're that way for a reason. You're not meant to be great at everything. You are meant to live in your purpose and your purpose will highlight your gifting and you've got to live and walk and act and be inside of your gifting. Next, you've got to learn how to be there for yourself. Some of my Christian people who, who, who listen to this will get me on this. It's great to have some people in your corner. I'm going to talk about that next. It's great to have some people in your corner. It's great to have some people who lift you up, some people, people who speak into you and and believe in you and are supportive when you're going through some things and and there for you when you need them. It's great to have that. You really need that in your life. That's going to be the next thing I'll talk about. But here's the thing: sometimes you got to learn how to be there for yourself. One of my favorite scriptures is is in the Old Testament, and it says that after they decided they wanted to stone and killed david because the women and the children and the and, and and the things were had been raided and taken it said david encouraged himself hmm. david encouraged himself in the lord david encouraged himself in the understanding that it was god that gave him his purpose that it was god that gave him his purpose. His, his, his gifting, it was God that had established him to be where he was. And in that alone, that was value, that was worth. David determined that he would encourage himself. It would be okay for him to speak life into his current situation, that it would be okay for him to speak power into his current situation that he didn't need the validation or approval of anyone to elevate himself and to hold himself up that it was okay it wasn't arrogant to elevate himself that it was okay to speak life you got to be there for yourself you got to learn how to be there for yourself and yes number four you have to learn how to create the proper environment in your periphery what am i saying the people in your circle the people who you allow around you. See, a lot of you have people who are literally sucking the life out of you, people who make it their career to tell you what's wrong with you, people who make it their career to find ways to break you down, people who make it their career to suck the life out of your hopes, your vision, your dreams, your aspirations, uh, the way that you see see, see, see your life unfolding. You need some people who are gonna be supportive, supportive when you're going through things, supportive when you're pursuing things, supportive when you're struggling with 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 where you're at and what you're going through you need to have some people who will hold you up when you're so weak you can't hold yourself up and sometimes and, and many times that those people won't be your family and the friends and the peers you you grew up with. Sometimes those people are going to be people who came through your life at the right time and you got to be willing to recognize who they are and invite them in and create this reciprocal relationship where you're exchanging these mutual benefits of being around one another and that you're blessing one another, that you can depend on one another. That's how you're going to get through life. But you are going to have to be willing to invest in yourself to gain an understanding of why this world needs you why you have value, and an understanding of unconditional self-worth, meaning that it's not based on where you're at right now. It's not based on what you're going through. It's not based on your mistakes or your decisions. It's based on the sense that I was created for a purpose. I'm here. I'm going to fulfill it. Yes, I'm going to have some setbacks. Yes, I'm going to make some poor, poor decisions and choices. Yes, I'm going to do some things that I'm going to have to overcome. But at the same time, I'm going to touch the world. I'm going to change the world. I am going to bless the world. I'm going to be something that will leave an impression on this world that will outlive me. I'm talking legacy now. You've got to live life at the level of your desire. And you've got to have an understanding, a keen sense of awareness of who you are and why you're here. You gotta know you belong, that there's a place here on earth that you deserve to hold. You don't need anybody's permission to live in it, to assume it, to occupy it. God gave it to you. It's in your design, it's in your purpose. And when you start to see that, the days will be a little brighter because No matter how dark it gets, it doesn't disqualify your purpose. Your your vision and your aspirations and your projections for the future will be a little more brighter. Why? Because no matter what you're going through, it's not over yet. You can see beyond the darkness. You can see beyond the difficulty. You can see beyond the current state of existence to know there's something better for your life. You've got to learn how to live beyond it. Develop that self-worth. Look, I'm going to get off of here. I just wanted to drop in and kind of kick this thing off. There's so much to do. There's so many things that I'm going to get back to you on uh, and so much so many resources that I want to share with you over the next several weeks. Uh, We're going to get through this thing. Uh, We have the capacity. We're built for it. We're going to get through this thing. We're not only going to survive it, we're going to thrive in it. That's the goal. The goal isn't simply to exist. It's to be an impact. It's to make an impression. Make your presence felt, touch lives, become, evolve. This is a time for growth. This is not a time to shrink. This is not a time to fall back. This is not a time to seek a place of comfort. This is a time to stand up, square your shoulders, look forward. And then if you need to take a quick break, go to the restroom, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm built for this. Say it until it settles your spirit. Say it until it becomes inculcated into your psyche. Say it until it becomes a part of your persona. I'm built for this. I will not quit. I will not fold. I will not turn back. I will not let go. No surrender no retreat i challenge you on that note don't forget uh the resources that are in the description box uh we're still getting some things done we're still moving forward we're still building uh, I'm excited now. I've been talking about before this thing even hit I was talking about the skills that are in high demand for the next decade They have just become that much more potent and Powerful as we are looking at a future where a lot more people are going to be working from home You need to check that out with me as well on that note. I'm out of here. You guys have an Unbelievable day and weekend. I will be talking to you soon i